0: And it's okay to acknowledge that with our kids and say, you know, this is just really complicated. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what the right answer is. I'm going to keep learning about it. I'm going to keep, you know, trying to figure it out. We're probably getting some of this wrong. Again, you and I talk about all the time, sometimes it's okay to both and, sometimes it's okay to sit in gray. It's okay to not always have the answers. The point is that you're doing something. We have to be doing something. We can't just expect our kids to make changes in this world if we aren't showing them what that looks like and how we do it. So it's really important that we're participating in some way. And then as you stumble and make mistakes and do all that to to acknowledge that as well. Welcome to Raising Adults, the groundbreaking parenting podcast that starts with the end in mind. We're your co-hosts, Dina Thayer and Kira Dorian. We created future-focused parenting to take families from surviving to thriving. So join us
1: as we help you stop raising kids and start raising adults.
0: Today's episode of Raising Adults is brought to you by Games by Absolute Zero. I was so lucky to be able to try out these games with my kids, and what's really clever about Games by Absolute Zero is that they're math games, but you wouldn't know they're math games. So it's a great way to get kids to learn math and engage with math in a way that they think is just a fun game. They have like a version of Go Fish, but you have to make pairs that add up to 10. Um, And so you have to ask for the right number to make your pairing. They have a really cool game that's all about getting to absolute zero, so learning how to work with negative numbers. And each game is like just this cute little card pack that comes in this little box. And then each game has several different ways you can play it. So it's really good for mix and match and different levels of math, depending on the age of your kiddos. Super duper awesome to finally make math fun.
1: Well, I'm all about making math fun because math really wasn't a strength for me. And so, any way that you can make numbers fun and math equations fun, I'm all about that. I love that.
0: Yeah, they're really cool. So you can find them on their website, which is gamesbyabsolutezero spelled z e r o dot com. Gamesbyabsolutezero dot com. Or you can find them on Amazon, and they offer free shipping. So it's a perfect, fun rainy day activity to do with your kids. A really good stocking stuffer. So be sure to check them out. Games by Absolute Zero.
1: Well, hello, future-focused parents. We are glad to be back with you again today for a very important topic. We're going to be looking a little bit at social justice, but a very microcosmic view, which we will explain shortly. As my amazing co-host is over there next to her washer and dryer, I need to at least wish her a good morning. It's morning where we are, everyone. Good morning, Kira. Good morning, Dina. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm well, thanks. Enjoying my time on my totes and bins. Excellent, excellent. So this is a a little bit more of a weighty topic, and I, I'm I'm gonna basically be interviewing, and I want to explain the reason for that. We'll we'll probably have a few kind of disclaimers and things that are by way of explaining today at the top. And part of that is that I really only have one child left in my home, and that is sporadic at best. And as I've shared kind of on the show before, I really am very real with you as our audience about how I feel I kind of missed the boat on this, and especially with the fact that I had multiracial children and where I kind of fell down. I've, I've really admitted that. And so in some ways, I, I would say actually in a lot of ways, my kids were kind of ahead of me on this trajectory. And that's been good. And then there's parts of that that have been hard. But what we can share are our own experiences and our own reality. And since that's been my reality, and Kira still has younger ones in her home that she's really working to impart these things to, she's going to share a little bit today about what that looks like for her. But I know, Kira, that this wasn't necessarily an easy episode for you to approach either. So maybe you can just start by talking about that piece.
0: Yeah. You know, it's really tough, I think, when you want to talk about a topic, but you're also aware that... It's not always appropriate as a white person to come across like a leader on a topic that's really not about me. <laughs> um, and so I struggled with this because I felt like it was not necessarily appropriate for me to talk about, like, here's what you can do to you know be a leader in social justice and to impart social justice um, work and ethics into your kids. And at the same time, I think a lot of what you and I do, Dina, is share what we do in our own homes. And our listeners, that's part of what they like about us is like, well, what are they doing? So that's kind of the angle I want to take today. I am not a DEI educator. It would be completely inappropriate for me to be one. All I want to share today is A... Who I'm learning from and amplify those voices so that you can go learn from these people too. And B, what that looks like in our home. What does the application of some of these things that I've learned look like in our house so that it might inspire you to want to learn from these people and try that at home as well. So that's just an important piece of this. You know, does that make sense? Yes. No, it's exactly what I said at the top. Like It's the
1: preface that you need to know yeah. because it, it lays the foundation of why we're taking the angle we are and why we wrestled with even doing this episode at all, quite frankly. And I already have a follow-up question, which is surprising since I'm not normally the, hey, I have a question. (laughs) But, and maybe I think this is probably right about where you're about to go, but this might help us get there, is we also hear a lot about, not only is it inappropriate for us to do it, but it's inappropriate to lean too heavily on, say, we have a friend who's a person of color. Yeah. And to expect them to then be our teacher. And so is that where you would say these resources come in? You go you go not to an individual and lean heavily on them to educate you. You go to the resources yeah, that are Yeah, I love
0: this is such a great question, Dina. I'm so glad cuz I know, you know, everybody's on a different path on this journey and and it, when I was kind of first looking into a lot of this stuff, that was one of my questions was like, okay, I don't want to put anyone in a bad position but how do I get educated? Yes. <laughs> um, and so I think what has become really clear to me is there are some people who have chosen to become educators in this topic they are people of color or people you know in these different pockets or communities that are affected by social injustice and they have become leaders and those are the people we want to lean on we need to be paying them for their work not just absorbing just like you know everyone expects to get paid for their expertise and for the work that they do but sure. that those are the people we go to and we don't kind of ask our friend of color to educate us mm-hmm. Uh, when there are people out there who are have committed their lives to the education of others, and that's the work that they do. Perfect.
1: That's that's really helpful, because I do think what you said at the beginning of that answer is exactly what some people struggle with, is they mm-hmm. feel a little stuck. I'm being told I need to get educated, but I can't go ask over here, so then how do I get educated? And so that's that's such a perfect way to explain the people who've positioned themselves to do this educating absolutely learn there and and pay them appropriately for their time so
0: why don't you share and make sure they belong to these groups that are experiencing injustice like there's a really not well-known fact that the book white fragility because it was written by a white woman a lot of the dei educators are really up in arms about it like Mm -hmm. she should not be making money off of this topic right it's like off the backs of people of color who've experienced these issues and she's making money as a DEI educator. When there are tons and tons and tons of educators of color who've been saying this for forever and now this white woman is making all this money. So don't read White Fragility. (laughs) Go check out these people instead. So I want to start by, and thank you for bringing us here, I want to start by amplifying those voices because everything I'm about to say really came from what I've learned from these amazing educators. So please check them out because they're just a great place to go. So my first and one of my favorites. and um, They're a combo team. Uh, so it's Lanisha Tab and Naomi O'Brien. Lanisha runs uh, Apron Education and Naomi runs Read Like a Rockstar Teaching. And their handles are that on Instagram and Facebook. And they're both teachers. They're elementary school teachers who focus on bringing social justice into the classroom and talking about these things and making sure that kids are getting a holistic perspective on what's going on. And they're just fabulous. They also have really great just educational stuff on there about reading and phonics and um, And they work together. But we have promoted them before on Juneteenth. We shared some of the resources that they put out and they've got stuff for Everything. every everything that comes up you've got printables that you can use with your kids and we've done that we've done their um, anti-racism book with our kids their, their stuff's just amazing and they have released a book called unpack your impact which is meant for educators but I read it and loved it so they're just a phenomenal resource so please check them out I also love we need diverse books which I believe is we need and then again on social it's at we need diverse books and we're going to put all this in the show yes, notes. I was just going to say that. I was <laughs> Sorry. like,
1: if you're like trying to <clears throat> frantically write things down, all of this will be in the show notes and right. the right.
0: episode description. Please don't fret. But I love them because they really look at bringing lots of different images and stories and everything into the fray in our books that the kids that kids are reading which is really important. I also love the Conscious Kid. Uh, they also focus on literature, but they also talk a lot about social justice and how do we educate our kids around social justice? There's an incredible subscription box called Little Justice Leaders and it's just like it sounds every month a box comes to your home and <laughs> you get a book and an activity and all these things that focuses on one type of of social injustice and how can we uh, work to create change. And then, of course, we love Brownicity. We've had Dr. Lucretia Barry on the show. I've done their foundations course. They have an amazing class for parents on their program. It's like 10 bucks a month and just a wonderful platform. So, And their handle is also at Brownicity. So those are some of the leaders that I follow, that I listen to, that I would encourage you to check out as a parent who is interested in talking about social justice with your kids mm-hmm. and in moving down that path.
1: Yeah. And again, please don't worry if you were trying to catch all of it, because we're going to link to those things. We'll be tagging them. We'll be sharing them in the show notes so that you can find those resources if you're listening and, and worried that something blew by you. So now, Kira, in addition to the resources that you use, we were talking a little bit before we recorded, and you've also got a little bit of a framework you use with your own kids for not just spotting this, but then taking action. So can you tell the listeners about that and then maybe give some examples
0: of how that looks? Absolutely. And thank you for letting me talk about who I follow first. I just think it, yes. that's far more important than what's about to come out of my it's mouth. Important but. <laughs> to lead with that. <laughs> exactly. And then
1: you can give us some of the little practical, here's what it looks like in our house, but 1st for Exactly. Things,
0: yeah. Okay. So basically there's three steps that we use and have used since our kids were really quite tiny. So the first one is to point it out. The second one is to talk about it. And the third one is to take action where appropriate. And pointing it out really is helping our kids see where the injustice is in the world. There's lots of it, but particularly white kids growing up in white neighborhoods. It's really easy to miss some of this. Same with able-bodied kids. Um, And you look at all the different places where injustice occurs. Um, Same with kids who are growing up in a financially comfortable home. It's really easy to not see what something you're not dealing with. And so being able to point it out to your children is really the first step. So a great example of this is I got pulled over. (laughs) for speeding Um, when the kids were, I think, six or seven. And I pulled over, and the officer came to the thing, and I rolled my window down, and I gave him my stuff, and we had a very pleasant interaction. And when we drove away, it was an opportunity for me to point out to my kids that we felt safe, that we felt comfortable. Um, I was let off with a warning and what that experience was like for us. But it gave me an opportunity to point out that that's not what it's like for many, many people of color. They feel very differently when they get pulled over. They're scared. There's a good reason to be scared. It's a it's a life or death situation for them, whereas for us, it wasn't. And so being able to just point that out and using that as an opportunity to talk about it is really important. And then when we got home, we pulled into our cul-de-sac and my kids hopped out to go play and we have a very, very active cul-de-sac. Everybody's very uh, passionate about social justice in our in our community. And so my kids hopped out, and Rhea went to talk to the little girl next door, and was like, "My mom got pulled over by the police. Can you believe that people of color are scared in that situation? Aren't we so fortunate that we don't feel that way? We need to do something about that." And it started a whole conversation between her and the other little girl, who was like, "Oh, I know." And they got really kind of passionate about it. So. That's a great example of, you know, being able to point out a situation where injustice occurs that your children might not notice if you didn't take the time to point it out. Mm -hmm. So then we have to think about once we've pointed it out, we want to talk about it and then again, take action where appropriate. So a great example of this is we were in Fred Meyer a long time ago, which I don't know if Fred Meyer's all over the country. It's just like a big like a target. And we were in the doll section. And I was with Rhea and I took a picture of it. I actually posted it on social media. And it was like a wall of dolls. And of all the dolls, there must have been, I don't know, 100, 200 dolls on this wall. Three were dolls of color. Wow. And I said to Rhea, I was like, huh, I'm noticing something about about this wall of dolls. I'm wondering if you're noticing it too. And I think she was maybe four or five. And, you know, she was like, well, and, you know, kind of twiddled through a different, a few different ideas. And then I, I said, what do you notice about the skin tones of these different dolls? Are you seeing different types of melanated dolls or are you just seeing what I'm seeing? I'm just seeing a whole bunch of white dolls and three dolls of color. And she was like, oh, yeah, you're right, mom. And we started talking about it. And I asked, you know, well, if you had more melanin in your skin and you came to pick out a doll, how would you feel? knowing that you only have these three choices and all the other white kids have a multitude of choices. She was like, oh, that would make me feel small, like I'm not as important. So it gave us an opportunity to talk about it. So that's that second piece. And then from there, when we got home, I said, you know, I'm going to write to the manager. Um, at Fred Meyer and, and let them know that I'm concerned about what I'm seeing. And so she was then with me as I was taking that step of action to write to the company and say, hey, this didn't feel good to me when I walked in there. And I really think you should consider having more dolls of color on the shelf. So that's an example of, you know, one, two, three, I pointed it out, we talked about it, and then she got to see me take action. Well, FFPs, we have been talking to you for a little while now about Cozy and how it can help with your schedule and keeping all of your appointments organized, but it can actually help with a bunch of other things too. This app kind of does it all. So Dina, tell us what you like about it. Well, you know, I'm a
1: list maker. Self confessed list maker, and there's shared grocery lists in the Cozy app, which is amazing. So, the whole family can add items in real time. So, if one of your kids wants something, they can add it on their device. You can add an ingredient, and then you're never at the store without your list because it's right there on your phone. It's up to date because people were adding things in real time. And what I love is if you find a recipe you like on the internet or something, you can even add these ingredients, and then they're right there in your app. You're never stranded without what you need. And so, as a list lover, I just love that feature.
0: Yeah, it's super great. I'm a meal planner. I know you're not, but I am definitely like, what are we eating this week? And it is so helpful to be able to plan everything out, get all the ingredients into the list, and boom, it's all just right there. And the best part about Cozy, aside from its amazing features, is that it's completely free, people. You absolutely need to try it. So go to the App Store and download it today. It's totally free, Cozy, C-O-Z-I.
1: Hey, FFPs, I am here to talk with you for just a moment about Manscaped. Yep, you heard that right, Manscaped. I know we've got future-focused dads listening. I know we've got parents who have older sons, or we are also heading into the gift-giving season, so you might be looking for a perfect gift for a guy in your life. Why not give the gift of great grooming? I know I appreciate it on my husband. I'm sure there's others who appreciate it on your people too. So you can join over 2 million people worldwide who trust Manscaped. And we've got an exclusive offer just for our listeners, 20% off and free worldwide shipping. Here's the code, RAISINGADULTS20. It's all caps, RaisingAdults20 at Manscaped.com.
0: Yeah, I can tell you Dave actually really likes their nose and ear trimmer. And I have to admit, I like it too. I like (laughs) it trimmed.
1: It's that time, right? We enter the season of life where we appreciate that, right? So again, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code RaisingAdults20 at Manscaped.com. So 20% off your order and then free worldwide shipping at manscaped.com. Just use the code RAISINGADULTS20 with RAISINGADULTS in all caps. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped. Well, and how nice for her. I mean, that was what I like about the example is that I think we can also maybe get a little bit there's maybe a myth here we could bust that the assumption is always this, the action has to be some huge thing that you're not capable of either mm-hmm. because it's an action you you can't take or you don't have the resources to organize a rally or whatever. Look at that. That was, that was sending a, a note. Yeah. And, and to show, especially a child, there are things even you could do. And right. so that their youth also isn't a roadblock to action.
0: Yes. And that, thank you, you took me right to my next example. So I so appreciate that, because that is definitely something we want our kids to know. Your voice matters. We talk about that, you and I, on the show all the time. Your voice matters. Well, guess what? It's also very powerful when a child steps up for social justice. For them to be able to recognize that something's not right and they're fighting for something that is right is huge. So the example I will give, and again, it's easy to sort of only talk about racism when we're talking about social justice, but social injustice occurs in In lots of different ways. So, this next example is that our family went to attend the raising of the pride flag in our local city. And that's another thing that, as parents, we can do attend things that matter to you. Take your kids, I mean, if you feel comfortable and safe, let them see you attend these things. Let them be a part of that. And that encourages them to want to attend things as they grow as well. So, we went to the raising of the pride flag, and the mayor gave a really nice speech about inclusivity and all this stuff. And then that was, you know, June 1st. And then toward the middle or tail end of June, we were driving. And one of my kids saw the flag flying and was like, oh, it was so cool. when we got to go see that flag be raised. And they said, you know what, how awful must it feel for the LGBTQ community to see that flag come down at the end of the month? Like, what does that say? You know, and the mayor gave this big speech about people always being welcome here in our city. Well, it's not very welcoming if we don't see that flag flying all the time. They should really fly it year round. So my kiddo pointed it out. They did part one, which was really cool. Like, we want to celebrate when our kids, just like with everything you and I talk about, right? We want to celebrate when they take it from us and do it themselves. So they pointed it out. We talked about it. And I suggested they attend a local council meeting because kids can do that. And they watch their dad and I attend these meetings all the time. And so I said, you know what, you can speak at the council meeting. I think you should bring that to the table. So we supported them. We helped them prepare their speeches. And they went to the local council meeting, which was on Zoom, and they presented their point that, you know, that we think the flag should fly all year round. Here's why. If, If the mayor meant what he said in his speech, this is a way to truly be inclusive year round, blah, blah, blah. And unfortunately, it didn't work. But what was amazing was watching them take the action. So where I had been modeling that for years and years, they not only pointed it out, talked about it, they then were the ones who got to go and take the action, which was really quite cool. Yeah, that's pretty special.
1: And I mean, must have been a great parenting moment too, because I remember we were talking about that even just the skills they have in terms of poise and being articulate. And what a great place to practice that and in an area that that means something to them. But they're also getting to practice those practical life skills too. So that's kudos to you. You get pats on the back, <laughs> mom, I think, for that one.
0: Must well, have been I mean, we got emails from the council members, a couple of them saying, oh. you know, that was really powerful to have children advocating in that way. And and I think, you know, kids' voices are really they are powerful, and so teaching mm-hmm. them to use those voices is a is a big deal. It's a really yeah. big deal.
1: They're powerful in a different way than an mm-hmm. adult, which can almost start to become the want, want, want. You know, it, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. I think it makes us perk up differently. Yeah. But even when you can describe some of these elements that hey, we're doing this, and maybe there's even places where we are starting to get it right, and even seeing some victories and having some great things, there's still a lot about this issue that's just Really hard. Can you mm-hmm.
0: talk about that? Yeah. I mean, I think that we have to also be willing to point out and talk about the hard parts. This is hard and it is cumbersome and we make mistakes. Oh my gosh, I make them all the time. I have probably made them in this episode. <laughs> and so the places where I don't have the answers, the places where I mess up, and my kids pointed out to me, oh, my goodness, you know, the places where we do have some struggle. So a great example is Disney, who was a raging anti-Semite. Let's start there. Uh, and second of all, has we're not best pleased with how they're handling some of the stuff that's streaming. And they have this little tiny disclaimer and tiny little writing. And we did write a letter to them but we still watch Disney and that's not quite right. And we struggle with that. And so we're constantly kind of talking about it at dinner and trying to figure it out. And, you know, where is the line for grace and where is the line for cancel culture and all these big things? And I'm not going to dive into it, but that is all very complicated. And it's okay to acknowledge that with our kids and say, you know, this is just really complicated. Like, I don't even know. I don't even know what the right answer is. I'm going to keep learning about it. I'm going to keep, you know, trying to figure it out. We're probably getting some of this wrong. So I think as you again, you and I talk about all the time, sometimes it's okay to both and sometimes it's okay to sit in gray. It's okay to not always have the answers. The point is that you're doing something. We have to be doing something. We can't just expect our kids to make changes in this world if we aren't showing them what that looks like and how we do it. So it's really important that we're participating in some way. And then as you stumble and make mistakes and do all that to to acknowledge that as well.
1: That's really true. And I I think a piece of what you said there is so important and is translatable to a lot of other areas. And that is getting familiar. I don't know if I want to say get comfortable, but getting familiar with the complexities that we can't expect this to be a simple area of our lives that, and it's definitely another one of those areas that we talk about all the time that is so not a one and done. It's a lifelong learning. I think in fact, for me, And I and I, again, admitting that, like, I was way behind the curve on this. Uh, The more I learn, the more I'm aware of how much I still have to learn.
0: Oh, my gosh. I have this wonderful person that we work with on our we're in a social justice, a hyper local social justice group in our community. And one of the um, members is a lovely human called uh, Kevin Henry. And I was talking with him about this the other day. And he was like, it's like termites. You know, you go to this one little spot in your wall thinking that something's going on. You open it up and you're like, oh, my gosh, there's Mm -hmm. so much in here. And it's really true. And I would say even as someone who has been on this journey my whole life, I'm still constantly going, oh, my gosh, that was a blind spot. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know that. Oh, I can't believe how did I never learn that? You know, and so we have to, like you said, get not comfortable, but accept accept the discomfort that that brings and not let it stop us from continuing so i do want to share just a couple little other things to think about as you know things that we do in our house that can be helpful beyond that three-step process i was talking about first and foremost just be really aware of what you're modeling and that includes joining groups and attending events and also how you talk about it. Are you comfortable talking about it? You might not be on the inside, but are you always willing to have that conversation with your kid? Are, you all, you know, are we not making it a taboo topic? Celebrate your kids when they notice it, when they point it out for the first time and the second and the 10th. Like, thank you for noticing that. I say that all the time. Like, wow, thank you for noticing that. I missed that. That was a blind spot for me. I really appreciate that. Or thank you for noticing that. I noticed that too. And I'm so proud of you that you were able to point that out. That's how we make change happen. Use media. Oh my gosh, we talked about this on the friendship episode, you know, how Mm -hmm. like you can use TV shows to talk about how people are treating each other. Same with this. Use the media to point out, you know, like, wow, I would pause shows all the time. Like, you know, I'm noticing that all of the main characters in this show are men. Or I'm noticing that, all of the main characters in the show are white. What do we think about that? And now my kids will often pause a show and, you know, shout from, from the couch, mom, all the characters in this show are white. <laughs> um, you know, and I love that because they're, they're starting to put those pieces together. Read books. That are diverse, but I think one of the most important things is not just having books about injustice, we need those, but also books that showcase, you know, non-able-bodied people, that showcase uh, people of color, that showcase all of these different groups just being normal people doing normal things. Right. That it's not just about how they're, quote, different. It's also about how they're human and we do these normal things together. So surrounding your kids with those kinds of books. And then the very last thing I would say that is just really important is we have to keep educating ourselves because if we're not educating ourselves and we're not doing the work, it's it's a lot harder for our kids to to dive into that in the same way. So the more we learn, the more we can impart to them, the more we unpack our stuff, the more we're able to help them never have to unpack. That's my goal for my kids. I don't want them to have a big horrible aha when they're in their, you know, 20s like I did. <laughs> I want them yes. to have always known this was a problem and mm-hmm. be working toward changing it. Yeah, and hopefully
1: mitigate the times that, you know, they step in it. We all make mistakes, but yeah. learning from a young age can hopefully maybe prevent some of that where you're just like, oh, wow, I just, I just yeah. totally, totally messed it up. And and we all do. But the continual process, I like that you said that continuing to learn, the fact mm-hmm. that this is a continual
0: process means that hopefully we do better the next time. And we talk about that all the time, too. Well, and that's exactly what I want for them, because we're all going to make mistakes. Everybody makes mistakes with each other. I mean, just even if you're in a minority group, you're still going to make mistakes with other minority groups. It's about how do we fall down gracefully and how do we get comfortable with the falling down? And that's what I want my kids to know. I want them to know how to, in a situation where they've been called out for doing harm, know how to say, thank you for telling me that helps me do better next time. I'm committed to doing that and not have guilt or shame about it and not feel defensive about it, but just know how to gracefully receive that information and be better next time. That's my goal for them.
1: Yeah, that's a good goal. I want to just say again, we will link to and and make sure to provide all of the resources that Kira mentioned in the show notes. And In social media this week, we may be doing some tagging as well. So please don't worry if you were trying to frantically write something down or type it into your phone. We'll make sure that you have access to the things that she mentioned so that you can also access those resources and learn and contribute to the work that um, these great individuals and organizations are doing. And here's something fun, listeners. We have often over the years of our show had a little quote at the end, and most the time it's me who brings it. Guess what? Kira has a quote today. So I'm going to let her share
0: that as we wrap up. I mean, I had bullet points today. and I mean, court. this was amazing. I feel like. And you had a question. We're different humans today. We've switched yes, we roles. Yes, we've roles today. Very exciting. OK, so this is actually a quote from my next door neighbor, Elizabeth Lapine, who has often been five steps ahead of me on this journey. <laughs> and she wrote this incredible article for a local paper, and I just loved this piece of it particularly. This is about racism specifically, but I really think this applies to all of social injustice. She says, we cannot help the next generation to dismantle racism, challenge racial inequality, and imagine an America of inclusion if we, as white parents, do not openly discuss the oppression and injustices that are inherent in the very design of our country, which was established by white men who believed that they were the superior race." And I love that because if you take that even beyond racism, what she's saying is, as parents, if we don't start to look at what's going on in our world and help our kids unpack it, we can't expect them to do anything about it as the next generation. So we
1: will look forward to being back with you next time. And we so appreciate you listening today to what is a heavy and yet so important topic. Raising Adults is produced by Kira Dorian and Dina Thayer and recorded partially in Kira's laundry room, partially in my coat closet. Editing provided by the incredible Allison Preisinger. Music by Seattle band Hannah Lee. Thanks for listening.